to Titus chapter 2. The night's message is about uh, loving not the world. I hope you understand that uh, the world's proven lately how um, less and less it's, uh, it, it deserves our love. There's, there's, there's nothing in this world to love uh, as far as that goes. So the world is not supposed to be something that we are in love with. But it goes deeper than that. And tonight we're just going to take a look, a look at these issues here. Now, I hope you know that we're not pessimists. Christians aren't pessimistic. We're just realists. We're, we're realistic. So uh, bad news is not always uh, something that we should uh, fear. Uh, reality is not always good. And this world is not our home. We're just passing through. Our treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. And tonight we just need to focus sometimes about where's your love and what kind of love is it that God talks about. Let's go to Titus chapter 2 and looking at verse number 11 through 13. <clears throat> Let's go ahead to prayer and then we're going to dive into this tonight. I'm excited about what God has for us tonight. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, tonight thank you for this day. Thank you for the wonderful season that we're approaching that's called spring and Lord we ask God that you'll help our church to spring forward and we ask God that you'll give us visitors and new families and help us to win souls this year and see people baptized and join our church and we pray that our families will be enriched and we pray God that our walk with you would go better and stronger help us and give us faith in this wicked world that we live we pray that we would shine as lights in this dark world that we live. And we pray that our gospel would shine forth right out of this uh, little acre here. Uh, from this pulpit, from these people. And we pray that you'll bless us this year. And we thank you that next week we'll have light uh, even at uh, uh, an hour early. Thank God for that, Lord. We pray that you'll bless us now. Give us a great spring and summer and help us to march forward with in enthusiasm and uh, courage, Lord, help us today. Bless this message to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's look at chapter number 2 of Titus, verse 11. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly, in this present world. Notice that present world, this worldly lust, that this dark world. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, this, is, this term, worldly lust, world, this present world, that's the world that we're not supposed to fall in love with. That's the world that God says, I don't want your heart uh, latched on to it. Let's go to 1 John chapter 3. <clears throat> 1 John and chapter number 3, verse number 1. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Now notice this. Therefore the world knoweth us not. See that? Because it knew him not. So the enemy of God, of course it's the devil, 
But there's a vast corporate enemy called the world. The world doesn't know God. The world doesn't want to know Him. The world hates the Lord. And the world doesn't even know us. Think about that. I'm mighty glad the world doesn't know me. Remember, remember that, I think it was in, in the book of Acts, uh, uh, the, one of the devils said, Apollos I know, or Paul I know, and uh, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? And uh, boy, that guy, he, he was uh, overtaken by the devil. Now, the world doesn't know us. The world didn't know Jesus. That's the world that we live in today. Now, the world uh, in the Bible is not a good thing. Um, let's go over to uh, Revelation, or excuse me, Psalm 9, Psalm number 9. In the book of Psalms, and uh, verse number 1, Psalm 9, 1. Well, there's a lot of Psalms, amen. All right, Psalm 9-1 says, I will praise thee, O Lord, <clears throat> with my whole heart. I will show forth all thy marvelous works. I will be glad and rejoice in thee. I will sing praise to thy name, O thou most high. And <clears throat> when mine enemies are turned back, they shall fall and perish at thy presence. For thou hast maintained my right, and my cause, thou sattest in the throne judging right. Thou hast rebuked the heathen, thou hast destroyed the wicked, thou hast put out their name forever. O thou enemy, destructions are come to a perpetual end, and thou hast destroyed cities, their memorial is perished with them. But the Lord shall endure forever. He hath prepared his throne for judgment. He and he shall judge the world. Notice the world is going to be judged by God that sits on the throne. This is not the world of Christians as, as, it, as it is in context. This is the world that doesn't know God. This is the wicked world. And it says, he shall judge the world in righteousness. He shall minister judgment to the people in uprightness. Now, let's go to Revelation chapter number 2. In, <clears throat> in the Ten Commandments, the very first commandment is that you and I would love the Lord with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and our neighbor. That kind of love is not supposed to be given to the world. We are supposed to put God first. Now, Let's look at this now in Revelation chapter number 2. The very first church that's mentioned here is Ephesus. And all the churches that he mentioned in Revelation 2 and 3, Jesus gives an admonition to them. But only two of them escaped without having an admonition. Uh, that would be Smyrna and Philadelphia. Smyrna was a very, very poverty-stricken church. They were doing the right thing. And I'd rather be a member of a Smyrna church than a, than a uh, Laodicean church. How about you? They had everything they thought they could ever dream of. But they were naked. They were poor. They were destitute. They were blind. And they were very, very 
lukewarm. I'd rather be a member of the Philadelphia church that didn't have an admonition from the Lord. He, he didn't say, nevertheless, I have somewhat against you. But in the book of uh, Revelation chapter 2, he said he had something against uh, Ephesus, which was a good church. He says, Under the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works. They worked. I know thy labor and thy patience. Jesus recognized their hard labor. And how thou canst not bear them which are evil. That's a good trait. And, and thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not. Boy, they had a wonderful doctrine, didn't they? And they found and has found them liars and has borne. That means they carried uh, the load and has patience. And for my, my name's sake has labored and has not fainted up until now. <laughs> they did pretty good. I mean, this, these were all wonderful things that, that, that Jesus said to them. But look what happened. You know where I'm going. Nevertheless, Jesus said, I have, notice the next word, I have somewhat. Now, it, it's no mistake that that's in the Bible. Just because it's italicized doesn't mean it's not supposed to be in the Bible. Our translators, they didn't have Greek words for every single thing that was in the translation. So they, they put an English word where there was no Greek word. And there's nothing wrong with that because in context and the best they had at the manuscripts, they did a great job. In fact, they did a perfect job. In fact, it wasn't their job at all. It was God's job to give us his word. There's no mistakes in the Bible. I hope you understand. No mistakes in our Bible. It's been proven down through 200 years ever since, ever since it came out. There's been no mistakes in our Bible. Somewhat. Nevertheless, Jesus says, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Now wait, that doesn't mean that the very first time you love somebody, you, you left it. In other words, I, I had my very first girlfriend, sorry babe, but she was like, I think she was three, three or four. And I know, I know I was four years old. I think she was four. Her, her name was Missy. She lived up the street. She had a really good um, prune tree. She had blackberry bushes all over her backyard. There was a pear tree there. And I, I think I fell in love with her as a four-year-old little kid. So we would climb those trees together and we'd eat prunes. And we would pick blackberries. Now, I'm not, I'm not, up, God's not upset with me because I, I left my first love. Right? That's not what this verse means. It means your first place love. It's not the first one you've ever had. Because my goodness, if that was true, we'd all be in trouble. I mean, we, we've, all, we've all had little, little spits and spats of love that we thought was real. By the way, I, I'm, I'm glad that that wasn't real. <laughs> it was just a little, a little fun, you know, prune, prune picking and blackberry picking. And she had a nice saw, too. She had a really nice hand saw. And 
I have a, I have a genetic detail in my makeup that I like tools. So what am I going to say? You know, she made a perfect girlfriend for like two or three months before we moved. I'm saying that you, you, it's not your first, the first time you've loved. It's the first place love in your life. They, they were doing everything right, but you can do everything right, and then you can, you can leave that first love. God is our first love. Uh, when he gave the Ten Commandments, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, soul, and strength, and your neighbor as thyself. That's the first commandment. They Somehow, they, they started to shrink from that. that doesn't, it's not a chronological order. It's the first place love in your heart that you ought to have. And Christians, every one of us get tested like that every day. Every day. It's a, it's a, it's a long test. It's a long test. Where's your love? Who do you love? Where's your first love? Okay, those people were no different than you and I in Ephesus. They left their first love. It's an insult to the love of God, I believe, to love the world. I think it's insulting to God to have you and I have a love for the world that takes our love away from Him. Now, everybody should have a fun time, everybody should have a hobby, everything, there's nothing wrong. There's different priorities of love. Um, you, you've said it and I've said it. Man, I, 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 I love that car. Now, I know what you mean. God knows what you mean. Everybody knows what you mean. But do you know what you mean? That's the key. You know, how much do you love something? That's the key. So if I say, oh, I just love to do that. Oh, I love a hot cup of cocoa. Oh, I just love a, I love a good cold Mountain Dew. Uh, that kind of stuff. I, I love to do this. I love to do that. Don't, don't, don't think that God's so dictatorial on you that you can't even say anything about. Uh, and, and, and even those comments are in the Bible, too. But the priority of love is our key. Well, our first love is God. Our first love manifested is Jesus. He is God. Now, in Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Uh, there's so much about this. Ephesus, I just have someone against thee. You've left your first love. You didn't lose it. You left it. So this, these are admonitions in the Bible. Now, I believe there are many more worlds within this one world that we live in. The Bible says not to love the world. But then you notice in the Bible, there are uh, comments and words that are plural. That means many kinds of worlds. Let's go to uh, Hebrews. Uh, let's go back, back to Hebrews and watch this now. Because there's, there's a, uh, an explanation. There's a, a wonderful study here. Uh, when, you, when you look at this world that we live in, inside this one world, uh, there is many different types of worlds. And uh, God says about this in Hebrews 11, you can see this now. Hebrews chapter number 11, uh, verse number 3. Through faith, we understand that the worlds, you see that that's, that's plural, were, were framed by the word of God. And so that, that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Now, don't let this give you any... 
inclination that there's another world out there in, in outer space. That's not what he's talking about. The worlds were framed by the word of God. Now there's the planets, if you want to call that. That's fine. But God doesn't have a world of people here. And then a couple light years away, there's another world of people somewhere else. Uh, that's, that's not the key here. But you can see there's the world of, uh, there's the physical planet, there's the spiritual world, uh, there's the world of population of people, and then there's the, 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 the popular system as a world. There are many different kinds of worlds. There's the world of politics, there's a world of sports, there's a world of the military. You understand, there's the world of, of child rearing, there's a world of uh, there's many different kinds of worlds if you would look at it that way. Let's go to uh, Hebrews chapter 1. He says it again uh, with a plural, plurality, meaning different types of worlds that we deal with. It says in verse number 2, <clears throat> Hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, plural. I don't believe that that just, that just means that there's lots of popularity out there driving spaceships or we're going to be visited by inhabitants of other planets. I'm sorry. I'm one that doesn't believe anything about that stuff. I don't think that's the context that God's called. But anyway, let's look at the physical World. Let's look at 2 Peter chapter 2. Now we have the, the planet is, is referred to here as the world. 2 Peter 2, 5. And it says uh, concerning Noah, And spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. Now, you can see how corrupt this planet was. It was destroyed, and along with it, the world of the ungodly, wasn't it? They were completely destroyed. Anything that had breath was gone, and God started a new world. That's what he did. He, he, he started a brand new world, and he's going to do it again, too. This planet... The world is going to be destroyed. There, there's, the elements, I said, are going to melt with the fervent heat. You know, if you if, if, uh, boil down and heat up uh, gold, you can get all the impurities out of it, and you, uh, you, you end up with the element of gold. No matter how much you heat that, it, 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 it gets to where it's refined and refined and refined. But God says, I'm going to burn that up too. With unquenchable fire, the elements shall melt with a fervent heat. Diamonds will burn. Uh, titanium will burn. Everything, the whole entire world's going to burn. And he's going to start something brand new. The world to come. Remember, the Bible talks about in the world to come. I'm looking forward to that. But right now, we're stuck, if you will, in, a, in sometimes a good way. We're here in the physical world of the planet Earth. Now look at James chapter 3. James 3. Let's go back there for just a minute. In James, uh, we have a statement about the tongue is a world of iniquity. Chapter 3, verse 6. There's a spiritual unseen world that we deal with. 
of spirit, as you will. Uh, let's go to James 3 and what I'd say 6. It says, And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. That's big. Our tongues are terrible sometimes. A world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body and set on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. The world of iniquity. The world of the physical planet. Now, I like this. You know John 3.16 speaks of, of the world. For God so loved the world. Now, do you think God might be talking about the planet? Just the organic planet that God so loved the earth, which would be the planet, the world. You think that's what he's talking about? I don't think so one bit. The world, he calls that his footstool. He says, I made the mountains, I made the, I don't, I can redo all this. In fact, he did. I'm going to bring a flood in the whole world. But, so we know he's not talking about that. We know that he's not talking about the world of iniquity. Oh, for God so loved the world, the world. Which world? I think he's talking about people. The world of people. Just the souls. That fits. So, <clears throat> God tells us not to love the world. And then he turns around and he says in John 3, 16, For God so loved the world. See, there must be more than one kind of world. There must be several types of worlds. I know he loves people. And I know he loves us. And then, of course, there's another one, too, that, that you can look. And there's another nuance here. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 7 with me. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. He mentions this while he's talking about marriage and remarriage. And uh, he says in verse number 31, notice this. This is incredible. Uh, this is for all the people that can't live without the right kind of tag on their clothes. It says, and they that use this world as not abusing for the fashion <laughs> of this world passeth away. You say, oh, I don't think you got that right, preacher. Sounds right to me. Aren't you glad the fashion will pass away? One day maybe, one day maybe wingtips and pleats will come back. And maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe tennis shoes will come back. I don't know. I just want to be comfortable. How many uh, think it's not a too good of an idea to get too wrapped up in the fashion? The fashion industry has some of the most miserable people in the world. Most of them are homosexual and drug addicts. And they die really fast. The fashion of this world, that's, that's not something I'm in love with. Now, it's very important that you and I, we have to guard our hearts from falling in love with the world. This world is not supposed to be something that we chase. By the way, if the world's doing it, probably you shouldn't. If the whole world's doing something, you know, the Bible, if, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. Um, Jesus makes many comments about how that we're not supposed to be just going with the flow and the wind of every doctrine and because the popularity's going for it. Uh, I've seen that just, just in the truth about the pandemic. I'm not trying to 
just automatically go against the world. I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be uh, difficult. I just want the truth. How many just want the truth? No matter what the truth is, you're ready for it. That's how Christians are. We're the pillar and the ground of truth. I want the truth. What is the truth about all that? So we're, we're not just antagonizing people. By the way, God has given us this planet, the world, to live in. Did you know that once in a while it's okay to just take off and ride a bike and it's okay to go bowling, it's okay to just go swimming, it's okay to take vacation, take a drive out in the country, walk along the river. It's, it's okay to have a, a type of a love. It's not that you're in love with nature to the point where it hurts your love for God. But how many love the love birdies singing? You know what I can't wait for? When it's warm enough to crack our window up in our bedroom, it's, it's, I like to hear the birds chirping in the morning. I don't like the crows, though. They're the nastiest, loudest, obnoxious bird. They come right up. There's a tree right by our window. Oh, why can't they go chirp, 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 chirp? Why do they have to go? The devil must have made them. I don't know. I just. But it's okay to hike. It's okay to go up in the mountains. And there's nothing wrong with fishing and hunting. Nothing wrong with traveling, hobbies, activities. By the way, Jack Kyle said something about golfing. And my ears picked up. I go, oh, no, he's going to preach about golfing. It's not, it's going to be horrible. Now I'm going to have to be feeling guilty every time I go golfing. And, uh, man, why did I listen to this guy? Now I got to, I'm stuck. And he was preaching on golfing for a minute. And he says, he said, I want to tell you something. He says, if you golf, uh, if you live to golf, that's wrong. He said, but if you golf to live, that's okay. That's a big statement, isn't it? What's your hobby? Uh, what, what is it? Uh, Justin, if you, if you live to knit, that would be wrong. But if you knit to live, that's okay. Amen? Yeah. I don't know. Everybody's got something they like to do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting in bad trouble later on. But there's new cars and nothing wrong with the table. Man, I, 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 there's nothing wrong with a new home. There's nothing wrong with new clothes, please. There's nothing wrong with uh, a new tool, furniture, food. How many love a good steak? How, how many love a good salad? See, I threw, threw in that veggies, didn't I? Uh, look at 1 Timothy 6, 17. 1 Timothy. So... Our love is supposed to be first and foremost and all-inclusive to the Lord. The Lord is supposed to be our first love. That's what God's trying to explain to everybody in the world. 1 Timothy 6 and verse 17. Look at it with me. Uh, it says, Who only hath immortality, dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, whom no man has seen nor can see, to whom be honor and power and everlasting. Amen. I think I got the wrong verse, but anyway, uh, don't worry about that. What did I say? Second Timothy? No, there's no six. 
Good verse, though. I don't know where that came from. That happens, everyone. Yeah, please. 617. What did I do? <laughs> okay. Charge them that are rich in this world. I've got trifocals. If you want to try them, every once in a while there's a line in there that just messed up. I thought I was reading 17. Charge them that are rich in this what? Ha ha. Finally you got it. That they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. Is it not true then that you can have a lot of things that really have, you just really get a lot of enjoyment out? I'm not supposed to love the world, but I sure can enjoy it. I mean, my goodness, if you're a Christian, you can't enjoy things? you got a problem. I know Christians that every single thing you could do is some kind of a deep sin then that's not true. That just is not true. In fact, like I said, or, or, or not I, but, but Jack Kyle said, if you, if you live to do something, that's, that's wrong. But if you do it to live, in other words, you, you find some joy in it. Every, Jesus, he, he must have loved the, uh, the lakes. He must have loved just to fellowship. He, he had a joy that, he didn't, he didn't love the, the planet. I mean, he created it. Now, 1 John chapter 2. and that, No, really. 1 John chapter 2. <laughs> you know, I don't mind making mistakes if they're not bad. Love not the world. Which world's he talking about? I think he's talking about the system. I think he's talking about the planet. I think he's talking about the fashion. I think he's talking about all those worlds, the world of iniquity. I think he's love, not the world. That that is very clear. And he gets specific and he says, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, let's list a, a, at least three of them. The lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. That's a hard pill to swallow. I have, I have a certain kind of love for my body. And, you, and you, you, you can't deny that. There's things that I see that I love that you can't deny that, that there's, a, that you, that there's some things in the world that are just so wonderful. And then he says, and uh, the pride of life. And we all have those. Every one, the Bible says that the eyes of man are never satisfied. And your body is the one thing you like to take care of the most. So we're trapped in this testing field of do you, you love your body more than God? Wrong. You love, you love nature more than God? Wrong. Are, 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 you so, are you so in love with your life? More than wrong. These three things are the most important sometimes to people and it's not of God. So 
Should we, should we love God and enjoy good health? Is that okay? Yes. Should we love God first and enjoy the beauty of the world? No problem with that. Should we love God and thank Him and enjoy the life He's given to us? I think so. And when that, when that, uh, that arrangement is correct, there's nothing that you can't do. There's nothing that you can't, if you're in the will of God, listen, I'm going to give you a couple of things that you can love with all of your heart and never get in trouble. Okay, you ready? You can love your spouse with all your heart. The Bible says, husbands, love your wives. As long as you love God first and you put him first, you can love your wife with all your heart or your husband. How about this? Your neighbor. Is that a command or not? You can love God first, but you can love your neighbor better if you love him first. You can love God's will for your life, and I do love God's will for my life. If I wasn't in God's will for my life, I think I would be on the street as a homeless nutcase. I can't prove that. And I don't, I don't. The only thing be between me and a homeless nutcase is I have a home. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you can love the poor. You can love widows. You can love the fatherless. You can love children and orphans. And you can love the Bible with all of your heart. See, I really believe this. I believe you can, you can have the love of God if you love him first. And you put him first. And he is the greatest love in your life. And everything else is all okay. With God, I can love my neighbor. With God, I can love my children, my, my church members. I, with God, I can love my country. With God, I can... As long as I put him first and love him more than anything else, then all the other loves in my life will be perfectly arranged. And a lot of people get that out of, out of kilter and they, they get around and they get backwards and they'll put, they'll put a, a, an individual and love them more than God or they'll have a hobby, they'll love that. Uh, a, a career, boy, you can fall in love with a career and it might be good for a while, but boy, oh boy. You know, I, I hear that uh, Tiger Woods has uh, completely been uh, injured, and I think he had a broken leg or some big car crash. That's got to be devastating. And I don't, I'm not his judge, believe me. But if something happens and in, in your job that you have changes, it's a good thing if you love God first so that your whole love is not wrapped up in a career or or a hobby or something. We've got to have that. If we're going to make it through this time until Jesus comes, we've got to have our love for the Lord. And then lastly, we can love people. We can love people. For God so loved the world. I think that's people. Where is your love? How deep is that desire and love for God? Is, it, is he first? Thou, uh, he said to Ephesus, thou hast left thy first love. And I don't think that's chronological. I think that's spiritual. I hope, to, I hope that we would fall so much in love with God that he would be first and foremost. And then it seems like everything would fall in order. Let's bow our heads for prayer.